0: This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org listen on the legendary kyok 1140 a.m. and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. kcoh 1230 a.m. the source on sand geek radio 95.1 fm 1460 a.m. and aliento radio 101.7 fm and 1540 a.m. call in at 832 25708075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston, you got me. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert, Talk Inspiration and Prayer. We're here with another episode Producer, I don't even know how many episodes we have. You may want to limit, you may want to raise my head a little bit because it looks like my head's getting cut off there or something. But I think, uh, or maybe it's just my long hair that I just uh, am trying to cover up. Oh, um, did I do hair and makeup today? Oh, I don't know. But coming back for a second, um, boy, every time you open the newspaper, there's just something new all the time. And I don't know what's going on with this housing authority. If somebody knows, please call me and let me know. I just don't know what's happening there. And holy cow, I don't know what's happening with this TEA takeover schools. But my goodness, you know, you can take a look at the schools. If they're doing all right, my view is let them go. Let them keep going. Why take them over? And at the end of the day, you know, I did a research and I saw from the Kinder Institute And I'm gonna just uh, paraphrase numbers here that the national average of money spent per pupil is about a little over 12,000. In Texas, it's a little over 10,000. In Houston, it's a little over 9,000. So, one thing's for sure money may not be the solution to everything, but you can't have a solution and implement programs without money. And so, it seems to me that we need all kinds of resources, especially if we want to get our children to get the education we want them to have. And then again, I just saw that Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee may be throwing her hat in the ring for mayor. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not true. I was just reading something from the Chronicle. But at the end of the day, listen, you know, I filed, I haven't talked much about it yet, and I won't yet. But at the end of the day, the more candidates, the better especially good candidates. That's the whole point of democracy. And let the candidates, thank you, studio audience, and let the candidates talk about the issues so the people can know exactly what they stand for and what they're voting for. And like my mama always said, if you don't vote, don't complain. So vote, vote, vote. On that note, I have a special guest because I've been friends with her a long time. And people just know her as Dr. Nissi. But really, she's Dr. Nissy Hamilton. So, Dr. Nissy, can I just say Nissy?
1: Yeah, you can say. Can Nissy. I say Nissy? Yes. Because
0: you know, there's some people like Cher, they just know her as one name. You know, there's oh, there's, that's true. there's Madonna. You know, they just there's just one name, and that's you. Yeah. Uh, because everybody knows you, and so you know, you've been everywhere. Yes, I have. You've been everywhere. Because of you. Well, well, there you go. And you know what? And yeah. I'm gonna keep going with you. I
1: love you. you no, know, you know, you've been
0: everywhere. You know, look. You you have an incredible story. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And we might both cry. Yeah. Because, but yet... They'll, they'll be happy tears. Yeah. Because sure. of the I don't know the right word here when you when you have this incredible phoenix. Yes. And you go through these difficult times and the and the deepest valleys and then you're now in the tallest mountain. Yes. And now you're saving souls.
1: Absolutely. You really are. Yes.
0: And we're gonna talk about that. But then I also remember, didn't you run for office? I did. I want to <laughs> talk about that too. And and I so there's so much to talk about. But let's go back to you for a second because yes. you have been one of the leading voices to assist people and educate people and sensitize people on what's really going on with human trafficking. Yes. Tell us about that.
1: Oh man. So right now, um, since you since you all have just picked me up and turned me into this phoenix of sorts so thank you i mean because i was poor i was trying to figure out how do i market myself how do i talk to individuals who are not leaning in human trafficking and really divesting like how human trafficking is affecting communities, period. Not just one community, but communities of color. And so it was very interesting because when I did run for office, um, it became very clear and evident that we had not touched on the subject of human trafficking as a people, as black people, as community, whether it was Democratic or Republican. It was a huge deal. Um, and, and your team saw me and said, you know what? let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, um, you know, Gilbert, you have been so instrumental because I remember when Tony was running for yep. office and you told Tony, hey, you need to talk to this girl. And then Tony has a great idea and he goes, let's write a five-point plan. Let's talk about how are we going to address human trafficking. And um, Gilbert, had you not set me up in the direction, I mean, you were such a father to me. You said, look, we're not just going to have you everywhere. We're going to have you in the position of, of who you are. And this is toward the end of the race you know a lot of times we see people drop people off when they're running for office and we go you know hey we they were not useful you right, know right, right. You, you had no efficacy uh, in this race we really couldn't tell what direction you were going in you know you just want to put your name in a hat and you didn't treat it that way and this is the one time we see somebody who's a, a, a millionaire Who says, you know what, hey, we want to invest in you in another type of way to where you have provisional resources, where you are a voice to people who don't have this conversation.
0: You know what? I am just feeling the energy. You know, that's the thing about you. It's just infectious. Just let's educate our our listeners for a second. Um, How bad is human trafficking? I I mean, what do the stats say? And how does Houston compare to other cities in America?
1: Oh man, so right now Houston is number one for human trafficking. That's
0: what people say.
1: Yeah, and so I, you know what? And I, I put that stat out a long time ago, right? Maybe about four years ago. When you include, you know, so Harris County and Houston are two, you know, mm-hmm. they write contrast with each other. Right, the traffic. right, right. So the numbers may be a little flawed, but you got to think we're the fourth largest city, and then we have the largest county in the world, and it's like, oh man, you know there's gonna be some type of debauchery going on when it comes down to, you know, from our children to adolescents, all the way up into adulthood, and things like that. And when you kind of put the numbers together and you start looking at it, it's like, okay, here's where we're leaning towards, and here's why we're leaning towards that. We have a open red light district. We just talk about Bissonnette, but Bissonnette isn't the only one.
0: No kidding.
1: Right, you got Cullen? Oh my God!
0: Colin. See, I haven't, I haven't been. I, I need to just from a knowledge standpoint. I just need to tour it. I like to tour things. When people told me Washington Avenue is so bad, I went at 12:30 a.m. and walked up and down for two hours with my wife and some other couples. And you know what? Uh, everything I heard was true. Yes. And, and so, you know, I'd, I'd like, would you give me a tour sometime? Absolutely. I'd like to we give a do tour. a
1: tour at Crime Stoppers Houston. I do a tour. I host that tour uh, with, with several different companies do who you? are into corporate social responsibility around. I would I would like that. to do that. Man, Gilbert, you, yeah, you wouldn't love it. I tell my yeah. story and we go over just the, 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 the litany test of what human trafficking looks like in the city of Houston. Because right now there are over 35,000 Texas children who go to school next to an illicit massage parlor.
0: No kidding. Yeah, that's horrible. That
1: is horrible. That's horrible
0: because what sort of signal does that send to them? I mean, don't they walk by? That we by, don't care. That we don't. They walk by and they see massage. It's like now there are legitimate um, masseuse. There are. And then there's, you know, not legitimate. I guess I'll just say. Yeah. How do you? How can you tell? Does do the police know? The
1: police do know, and then you know we have so many um, just contradictory. Um, channels within our own city of Houston that, you know, allows this type of thing. It's it's a it's a dictatorship and then it's not a dictatorship because here's why. We have pay to play in Houston. And so, as long as you pay, you can play. Who wouldn't want to move a business that is, you know, of a mob type business that has sexual you know uh connotation to it and nobody's gonna care that this is moving into your neighborhood right because we have the zoning laws but our zoning laws really don't protect communities from this type of thing growing into that neighborhood the only time you get into zoning is how far a liquor store can be from a, a school or the strip club you know a thousand feet go go to some of these businesses and see if that thousand feet rule is still in place right there. you know
0: what's funny about what you said zoning is um, uh, I'm always trying to learn mm. and I will talk to people like people on Washington Avenue that sort of introduced me to it how mm-hmm. the noise ordinance and everything and and they're there complaining about it, they all yes. this stuff and then I say to them well is it because of zoning they say well we don't want, we, we don't want zoning though. I'm like, well, if you don't want zoning, this is what happens. Right. Because one to two blocks from their homes and their neighborhood are all these bars with all the fighting and all the trash and all the, you know. And this
1: is why people, you know, more or less our conservative people, move into areas where there are HOAs to prevent that type of stuff from moving to the neighborhood and prevent kids from seeing that.
0: Yeah. What that means is and is we have a caller already. Oh, is there wow. a Dominic already? Dominic. Hello,
2: Gail. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Dominic. What do you got? What do let's, you know let's, about. Let's, let's, s- let's, let's know, music. I'm in a restaurant right now. Okay, well, I hope, yeah. the, I hope the food
0: is good. <laughs> Talk to us, Dominic. What do you got for me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert
2: or for Dr. Hamilton? You know, but, but, um, my concern, I'm going to say something here, and I think this is going to dovetail into your guest. You know, recently we had rodeo. Now we got the final four.
1: Yeah.
2: And You know, in my my spiritual journey I have spread out into the Byzantine parts of the Catholic communion and there was this gentleman at the beginning of the Byzantine period called John Chrysostom he was this homily and it's a, it's a long homily but basically he's talking about you know why are we building stadia why are we building all these fancy things when we have poor on the street now, I don't think he was meaning just handing people a check. I think he wanted, you know, the charge of the government to treat each individual person as he or she is, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Versus something like Stephen Hawkins will never be would never have been able to, to hold a job with his ALS. But he gave us wonderful science. Look what Dr. Friedman is doing with the ADA and the Metro Board. But my thing is for the all the money that's being spent on Rodeo this, this past month and for Final Four. We could just take a little mustard seed of that and uh, upgrade those who have less in a productive way. Not a welfare thing, but in a very productive way. And that might, with your, your um, lady guest on the air today, that might be an incentive for women to do things right. They have a good chance to get a good job where they don't have to sell their bodies. With that, I'm going to send it back to you. Dominic,
0: we thank you for that. You know, I want to talk about this concept of Final Four and these big events that draw lots of people and draw lots of big bucks. And and is that where the sex trafficking kind of goes around but hold that thought i want to make sure you know your camera is that camera there oh yeah so (laughs) if that's your camera that's my camera if yeah so when you look at that camera you're looking to houston so going back to what dominic said you know is there a big rise in sex trafficking and sex business if that's the right phrase yeah uh during final fours and all of those things
1: um so we Super Bowls, you know,
0: I don't want to pick. I'm not saying final four, but you know what I mean? Uh, Big sporting events when there's lots of people from out of town with lots of attention and lots of lots of uh, money, lots of wealth come in.
1: Well, yeah, back in the day, we used to do like this cow call right you you were this is where you get into the cowgirl right this is where this mentality comes from where you are basically somebody who is put on front stage for those type of athletes for those type of prestigious parties you were people you were the girls that were put on reserve you were you know in the background but you know you had the hair you had the makeup you you look the part and you would go out, you know, you you would be a part of this agency that would go out and recruit you, and whenever something like, you know, the big win would happen, whether there's win or loss, and you get to be around the ball players, then they'll do the that cow call, and you will go out there and do your thing and make your money, you know, there will either be a set price by the, it could be a maitre d' or a, maid, a madame, you know, sometimes they'll say maitre d' Because that's more of a hospitality term that people are less offended by, right? Mm-hmm. But you say, madame, then you automatically know, hey, this person is, mm-hmm. you know, sex trafficking women.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So when you grew up, you grew up in the foster care system. I did. Tell us about that. I did. I mean, what's, what's it, I mean, for someone like me, I mean, you know, I I had a hardworking family. It was a traditional middle-class Latino family. My parents worked hard. They got out of poverty, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little ignorant about it all, if you don't mind me saying. So the foster care system, mm-hmm. do you choose the family? Do they put you in a family? And, and do you go from family to family? And is it meant to be a, this is a temporary holding pattern until you're adopted? Or just explain to our listeners how it works.
1: Well, I mean, I like the way you said that a temporary holding pattern. Yeah. It is a temporary holding pattern until somebody either has room for you or has room for your particular case. So they have different levels when you go into foster care for the type of, of you know, need of the child. In my case, I went in as a victim child. So I was raped and went into um, foster care, and I wasn't allowed to go back home to my um, family. And I ended up living in a shelter here in Houston, one of the the most notorious shelters for human trafficking, which is the CRC, Chimney Rock Center. And I lived there for a very long time. And I think during this time, um, there was the earliest storm, I can't think i think it started with an eye or something Mm -hmm. like that it was like a lot of water and we Mm -hmm. had to move and stuff like that but i remember there being a storm around that time and i was in i was in that shelter for so long um that it took me quite a bit of time to actually get into uh some someone to foster me and um i was there with my foster mom and things like that and things started going really well um but as long as you have Things like sexual assault, uh, uh, issues of drugs, or any type of violence—you come from any type of violence. There's a level that you have going in, and that foster care parent gets a certain amount of money for you.
0: Wow, we have lots of questions. Stay there. Yeah. When she lifts it up, you don't need to look that way. That's their oh. way to show me, show me who's calling. So, what was the first caller there? Alejandro, Alejandro, Alejandro are you there? Alejandro, one moment. Yeah, he's there. Alejandro, are you there? mr alejandro hello this is alejandro alejandro you got me gilbert garcia tip from gilbert talk inspiration and prayer with dr hamilton who's already shared extraordinary personal things Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think she does it for the benefit of all to learn and to grow and to stop this issue this social ill Mm -hmm. what do you got for us uh alejandro Sure um so I was
3: hearing well first of all good morning Gilbert good morning Dr. Hamilton it's a pleasure to to, uh, to talk to you both um, While I was listening earlier to the call I I, um, I was reminded of something that uh, Don mentioned he mentioned how the Houston rodeo and all these events uh, uh, could be a uh, uh, it can act as a catalyst to kind of
1: yes. uh,
3: uh, increase these kinds of issues and I was reminded of uh, this incident that happened while I was volunteering at the rodeo there was this uh, young lady, um, who was standing next to this guy uh, walking out? I believe of the rodeo, but she was making some certain hand signals that was apparently meant to notify others that she was in a in, in, in an abusive situation or maybe even uh, uh, currently being trafficked. Um, and I was curious: is there anything? And well, eventually, the woman was 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 uh, rescued. By the way, she was taken by the authorities and questioned, and the man was uh, uh, dealt with accordingly. But uh, is there something that we can do and in, in, uh, to is there anything that we should be keeping an eye out, I should say, to help these these women who are in, in, in these situations, anything that as an as a, uh, everyday citizen uh, could do to just to
0: help out, essentially? What a great question. In other words, yeah. what can what can the a- average person do to help? At a
1: sporting event, especially always notify the police. You want, you want them to investigate because if you turn into the investigator, then you'll end up putting yourself in a serious situation where, you know, hey, you're accusing somebody of something and now you open yourself up to a lawsuit because, mm-hmm. you know, you're pushing an agenda. Right. But if you see something, always say something like right now. So the the last legislative session, um, I passed three laws. Great. One. Yeah. And so you. you. Yeah. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So um, but one of those one of the laws, because Greg Abbott signed nine of them into effect. One of the laws that got passed with my law was the no trafficking zone. And that was held by some of my own survivor sisters as well as. um, Another person in this space, uh, Jacqueline Ludo, she really, you know, was hands-on about the no-trafficking zone and what it would mean for the, you know, protection of of outing events. Um, and no different than how we have cell phone zones around schools, uh, no different than we have, you know, hey, no guns, you know, safety, right. that type of control. We wanted mm-hmm. the same thing for survivors of human trafficking. So what happens is the penalty of the trafficking happening at sporting events goes up.
0: Ah, well, that's probably the best deterrent of all. Right. Right? To right. make it really hard. But how do you make sure you get, yes, you want to get, I don't know the right word, the users, but how do you get the traffickers? Is that the right phrase? Right.
1: So what we did. Not th- I mean,
0: the end user, I understand, but how do you right. get to the source?
1: So. Th- and and when they before they become traffickers, typically they're groomers, right? They, because they haven't they haven't passed the litany test of having a network. Because once you're a trafficker, you have a network. There's a supply of girls that you are supplying to your friends, your family, your own pedigree of people who like to be exposed to this type of debauchery, but in a you know uh, a more classy way, mm-hmm. you know. So they, they're doing the wrong thing the right way. And so, um, what what I, what we did was we made it to where, um, not only do you go to jail or get the, the felony for selling your body, the buyers get the same type of injury, the same type of penalty. They receive the same type of criminality of if you are purchasing.
0: See, that's the way to also end it. Right. Uh,
1: right. And so, mm-hmm. what? So. Um, Shout out to uh, Commissioner Tom Ramsey. He really supported me um, by getting more signs in our red light district area that stated, hey, if you are doing this, whether you're buying or selling, this is a state jail felony. Here are the consequences. You know, don't do it. Not only that, he put more cameras um, in those areas so that we could kind of see who's prostituted, but also who's buying before they get into the networking side of it. So if we see these people that are doing it in those particular areas, going to these sporting and out events, we can kind of connect the dots and say, who's doing what and have we seen this person before? Mm-hmm. So. Good for him. Yeah. You know,
0: I I mean, I've known him a long time. And, of course, everybody knows I'm a Democrat. Of course, everybody knows he's a Republican. But, you know, it doesn't matter. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And he's always trying to do the right thing. Just period. Well, Alejandro, it seems to me one of the first things is, you know, if you see something, say something. Right. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. And the other thing is... Just the mere fact that you're saying and asking the question, what can we do to help? Already means you've crossed the line of, you recognize the problem and you're trying to figure out how can I help stop it? That already I think is a big victory. So we appreciate you Alejandro. Uh, I hope you call in Thanks again, you my much. friend. we
2: will do, will do,
3: have a great morning and thank you so much for, for your answer.
0: Thank, thank you, thank Alejandro. you for calling in. Um, you go back for a second. So when, so how long were you in the foster care system? Is that the right word, foster care system? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I was in
1: every bit of six years. Six years? Yeah. How many families
0: were you with in that time period?
1: In that time period, so I had one foster mom, but I moved to several different agencies, so maybe about four different agencies.
0: And when you're in an agency, again, I may be saying things that are insensitive, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean it because I don't know what I'm talking about. Are you in a family's home or are you in a, a a big sort of uh apartment with others that are in the system and you're in this whole living community area
1: with the second one would you just say it's not an apartment but it's more of a house and um there are other girls that are there dealing with some of the same issues and then you know you have your monitors and stuff and it's I mean it's almost like living in a group home. I mean right? it is. A group it's a group home. home. Yeah, it is a group home.
0: And are they just only young girls and then boys are somewhere else?
1: You know, you know I, f- f- as long as I've dealt with um, CPS, I have never seen or heard of a home for the boys. I don't you know what? I really don't know what happens to the There's boys. There's got to be yeah, I know that there have been because to be, boys are yeah. are
0: prostituted, boys Absolutely. are abused, all of those things.
1: Yeah, and then since I've been talking more about human trafficking and people that have been trafficked, because I'm more of a vo- a voice of reason for them, people are like, you know what? This is what happened to me, and now I'm ready to talk about it. They're not afraid. They, You know, the shame is released. I'm seeing more boys come out and talk about it and say, hey, no, this is what happened to me, and I'm, I'm here for it.
0: You know, you hear about actors and things like this that Absolutely. come out and, and talk about, you know, or, or athletes that talk about something that happened to them. I think the more that you come out and talk about it, the more society will benefit. It may be difficult for you, but maybe in some way, uh, Lest the Lord says, "The truth will set you free." Come on. M- m- maybe it'll maybe it'll help you therapeutically, but at the end of the day, it certainly helps society to Absolutely. let people know that they're not alone out there. Well, let me ask you this. So, uh, uh, again, these are questions are hard questions because yeah. I don't know what I'm saying, and these are hard things to talk yeah. about. But yet, we got to talk about them. We do. So, when you're there in a home, are you there like, you know, every night hoping, Lord, I hope somebody will adopt me?
1: Absolutely. And, and do you adopting, ever say like,
0: what's wrong with me, Lord? How come I'm, do, nobody loves me. I mean, it, tell me about that.
1: It is the most confusing transition you will have in your entire life because you got to understand something. You got people that come there with different religious beliefs before they came into foster care. Right. But then you have the person who actually owns the home, have their own religious beliefs, right? Whether they believe in God or, or Buddha or, you know, Muhammad or, you know, who what God that they serve. And, they got all of these systems that have these moral constructs that govern how they do things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you don't, if you don't believe in their God and how they do things, but you got your own way of doing things, it's hard to connect with somebody right, on right. that. So it'd be different if if our CPS system was so sophisticated that it was like, you know what? We're gonna have a Christian home for the Christian children. We're gonna have a Buddhist home for the Buddhist children. Well, what
0: a, I mean, what you a know, great idea, though, right?
1: Fantastic Because it makes idea. it makes it
0: makes everybody get along better. And, exactly. And, and there's no suspicion and and there's exactly. no prejudices.
1: Right. And then you can develop that moral code people don't realize everything we do in america is governed by a code if you get in trouble it's the penal code if it's the education it's the education code if you're juvenile and you get in trouble it's the juvenile code very interesting if it's a divorce it's the family code and so here it is we have lost we and we're competing with ourselves over a moral code that we're not even teaching our kids meaning we're telling our kids to pray to a god that they don't even see us pray to well, mm-hmm. which God? We're telling them to listen to the Ten Commandments. Well, now it's a lot of guys have commandments. So which God are we talking to? Right. Which God are we talking about? We just put prayer back into the school. Before, when you and I were going to school, you used to pray on the morning announcements before you said the pledge right. of allegiance. That's right. And we gave honor to God, and we gave honor to our country. We're not even teaching kids to give honor to God first and then to the country.
0: I mean right now I have a
1: problem with that.
0: Right now, I think I, I mean I don't know. It just seems to be at school. We're just trying to get him up and get him out. Exactly. I mean I, I just and pass tests. Th- that it passed tests. Well hold that thought because we already have more callers. Was there a Jason on there? Is Jason are you on there? Yes, I'm here. Jason, you got me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert talking inspiration and prayer with Dr. Hamilton. What do you have for us today? We're talking yes, sir, about the, talking about human trafficking.
4: Yes, first I want to appreciate uh, Dr. Hamilton for sharing her story with us and all the things that she's done in the community since coming back here. Uh, but one thing, um, you know, I was looking at um, her bio, and one thing that stuck out to me is one thing that she said that changed her life was joining the Navy. And when I yeah. think about the military, Even I think of stability and I think of structure. And when she also talks about growing up in a foster care. I can feel that sometimes there's not too much structure from moving from home to home and sometimes even if you have a full family you don't have too much structure for a kid growing up um you know 13 14 15. so my question is what can the city do or even the government to build some sort of structure whether it's get with the navy or the army and form some sort of rotc program within these type of foster systems or even some technical colleges to come in and teach them some skills so once they do leave these foster homes they're able to have some skills moving into it and get jobs and get on their feet as quick as possible. Because I think that lag in between leaving and getting on your feet is very difficult. And you can go one way or the other. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's the other way. Um, So can you just give us a little insight into that? And um, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. What a great question. Oh my God.
0: It brought me to tears. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, there were so many parts to that question. First of all, the Navy, was that a way out for you? That was a way out for me.
1: I went and enlisted into the military uh, without my trafficker knowing about it. Wow. And uh, we actually ended up having a fight, so I was a bottom B. And I was I was had already transitioned. So, you know, the the house has different floors in it and so you had women living on the upper floors and I ended up living on the bottom floor and I was transitioning out of position of being a bottom bee to just being a lesser than. I'm like a minion. I do I do whatever they tell me to do, but previously that was not my position. So now there's a new girl in that particular position. And there is like a battle of you know of authority now who got to do what type of thing and so um she actually knew about me getting this contract and get ready to leave and um it became a disloyal thing you know you don't betray your pimp and because that was you know such an issue we ended up having a fight and hpd came out and um we were supposed to be arrested And here it is the one time, you know, the officer knows what's going on. You know, trafficking was not the subject back then, you know.
0: Nobody talked about it.
1: Nobody talked about it. It was There was like a mutual understanding of, you know, uh, between the pimps and police type of deal. You know what I mean? Because we had not had laws to kind of regulate that type of foot traffic and that type of sexual debauchery amongst people. Is there a buy-sell quota? Because at the time the police officer came, I wasn't prostituting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the time that the laws were uh, are, were in effect, of uh, it did not it did not adjudicate anybody from that that type of crime. Like it was like, we know there's crime. We didn't see this happening here. We understand that this is the system of it, but how do we deal with it? So the only arrest that could have been made was, you got two of your top notch, you know. Uh, cowgirls i'm gonna say that word right Uh, fighting with each other and you you don't got your women under control type of deal Mm -hmm. and i remember talking to the officer and i remember banging him and saying hey please don't arrest me i am leaving to the military this is the one opportunity that i have to get away from my god can you
0: imagine if you were arrested you would have never gotten out and you've never gotten in the navy boy that was an angel
1: it, he was an angel, and HPD recently allowed me to tell that story, and um, and uh, they put it out there. So I, I thank you, HPD. Shout out to my Houston Police Department for allowing me to tell that yeah. story, yeah, yeah, and uh, for the, the police officers to stand behind me even to to you know this day and stuff. I mean, because that could have been it was it would have been a valid arrest. I get it, um, but that officer saved my life. So you know CRT uh, is is. Is necessary you know dealing with people dealing with how to you know figure out if this is something that I need to turn this person to offender for or not I mean that's a huge deal Mm -hmm. because what we see today is we see a lot of women being arrested for prostitution right which I don't have a problem with women being arrested for prostitution. What I have a problem with is how uh, TCIC and NCIC codifies it. When you're arrested for prostitution, it is codified as a crime of moral turpitude, meaning it's the equivalent of petty theft, robbery, uh, uh, um, stealing. And so when girls or women or men come out of jail for being arrested for prostitution. Well, they can't go work for yeah. how, how Walmart can we, or Ross because they got. Because it's on their record. But it's on their record as they were stealing yeah. money, they were robbing, they were very interesting, right? So it's codified more turpitude. So you, while while you're saying prostitution, they they can't go work at you know.
0: How can we? Stores. How can we make some sort of diversionary program where if you are a first time offender, you're arrested. I'm making this up. If I'm make, I can't think of another way. If you stay clean for a year, then mm-hmm. it's off your record entirely. I mean, some sort of diversion program, a second-chance program.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it just sure. seems to
0: me that that's really the way to go uh, and to really educate these young women and men. Men, absolutely. Um, that there's another way.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you got Kathy Griffin who has her um, – uh, her, what we call a whole class, uh, helping others excel, and it's amazing. And I, I love what she's doing right now. She's currently the only prostitute working in law enforcement right now. No I kidding, right? Who she has, she's the only. She's the only person who's been known on record to be a prostitute working in law enforcement. Now, what do you think would happen if we had the younger generation of girls who have been known as prostitutes working in law enforcement? What kind of precedence would that set? What kind of tone would that give? What kind of hope would that give to our girls?
0: Well, I want to go back to, so the military was your way out. You know, it's funny how the military... That was the way for my grandfather out of poverty. He joined the Marine Corps. Wow. I mean, you know, it's that's, that, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, and going back to the question that we had there, I think his name was Jason. Yeah. Is, um, you know, what other things can we do, or what, you know, I, I think the Marine, I mean, the Marine Corps, the Navy, and all those are great things. What other ways out are there?
1: So, um, speaking of um, speaking Dr. of other ways out, yes. what? What the schools at HISD have Mm -hmm. is college career military readiness, right? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could start preparing our students not just for college in the ninth grade, but also prepare them for the military? We gotta stop waiting until they get into the 11th and 12th grade and start pressuring them yep. about the military. We have to embed those ideas in them at a very early age. I mean, I'm I'm even willing to go with, going from eighth grade going into the ninth grade, having them, you know, understanding what this means, what it means to go and serve your country, what it means to get out of this. Guerrilla warfare mentality, mm-hmm. um, or that you're gonna be a product of your environment. You know, take take that same skill. You like to fight, okay? Take that same skill, cause we fight in the Navy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We fight. We some yeah. we some real gangsters. Yeah. Just going to be gangster for your country. That's exactly right. You want to use a gun? Cool. Get you some control about have discipline about the gun. Go in the military. We could treat, never keep, keep. Yeah. Treat every weapon as if it was loaded. You know, keep your, your weapon on, yeah. on safety. You know, have discipline about yourself and what you're arming yourself with. They're just arming themselves with all of these tools and they don't have the discipline or the mentality to
0: manage the stuff that they got and they're getting it too early. Boy, you, you're saying, you're preaching, ah. you know what, no, really, you got some of that in you. But you know, and, and rightfully so, because you're passionate about this, Very passionate. this is your life. This is my and life. And you, I don't know the right word, made it or turned around or, we, or, or, we or, 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 or I don't know the right word, it. got out at the yes. end of, and, and now you're trying to spread the gospel. Hold that thought. We have another caller. Is there a J. Jay
5: yes sir how are you
0: Jay you got me Gilbert Garcia here with dr <laughs> Hamilton talking a little bit about sex trafficking what do you got for us yes.
5: dr Hamilton uh, I appreciate what you're bringing into the table very very kind of you to allow us to walk into the to your world and uh, have the listeners to you know uh, maybe going into a similar situation yeah. that you went through and allowing them to realize that there's different paths um, right after the, the storm. And, you know, that's the thing. I, I believe that when it comes to sex trafficking and many other experiences very similar to that, um, the, the trauma that a person can go through and, and how society treats them afterwards, it's a very difficult thing to actually, uh, um, you know, confront it and, and yeah. then move on and have a have a decent life. Uh, because a lot of things that happen to us, either we're just put in a certain situation, we're too young to understand, or we just happen to go through a situation where we had no control and it happened to us. Um, and now where we're, we're in a situation where we want to move on, we want to be... Um, successful and, and good to society, there's a lot of barriers that is put in front of us that we have to overcome. And, you know, I believe that a lot of programs, um, there should be out there or there should be more programs where you you actually let people know that not only what you went through, we understand, and that you're trying to get out. Like somebody was incarcerated for a certain amount of time and then they, they come out to society, and you know people tend to look at them differently, and in the eyes of God, you know we are brothers and sisters that we we should look out uh for one another and It's very shameful how society doesn't you know as a group as a mass uh we it's very hard for us to overcome somebody's wrongdoing um and I just think that um it's it's very important, especially what you were saying earlier about like people you know. Uh, having uh, suicide issues and having all these different ways. And a lot of people don't understand that once you come to the trauma out of the trauma, you know, a lot of people don't understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you mm-hmm. could, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have been successful businesses. It's not the end of the world. Uh, if you, you know, we just got to be strong minded and and try to overcome and have God always together mm-hmm. with you. Holding your hand through the through through this whole uh, uh, situation that a lot of people are going through, and and always put your situation in front of God, and 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 and, and then just pray and you know be a believer, you know. And that's just what I'm saying in in my perspective. I wanted to say thank you and thank you to you to you too, Mr. Garcia, for allowing such a uh, wonderful people to come to your show, and and having this this uh, point of view and this perspective. Thank you so much.
0: Well, Jay, I'm hugging you on cyberspace right now. You don't see me, but I'm <laughs> hugging you right now because uh, those were beautiful, beautiful words. And we, uh, we we take them, you know, we take them and we accept them and we appreciate you and, and thank you for thank calling you in. Again. thank you for listening. And I think one of your things of sort of thanking Dr. Hamilton for sharing her stories, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I think that's probably one of the best things that's been said because yes, it, it takes courage because you don't know I, how people are going to react but when you're as bold as she is, you're in that zone of, I already know the right thing, I need to educate people, I need to help people, and you're gonna accept me who you, who, for who I am or not.
5: Right. Well, well that, that's the thing, I think she went above and beyond because this is this is the thing, um, I believe in the eyes of God, right? We're not in the eyes of a man, in the eyes of God, the vision of everybody's life and the outcome of what they have become, it's a whole different perspective, you know? Um, God sees us as, as equal. And if you're willing to forgive yourself and ask God for forgiveness and then start it over, there's a lot of things that can go way beyond your life. It could be so successful, could be so happy. You could accomplish so much. And once us as humans hold to that thought and to, through that experience, uh, and to, and through that trauma, and we don't let go, we don't we don't ask, we're not involved with God in Christianity and and then you know, it, things are a lot harder for you to uh, start living again. And I think that what she's doing, Dr. Hamiltonson is doing, it's way beyond courage. I think she's just God has a mission for her. and it's it's a, a very solid, solid mixture and what she's doing, I think it's um, it's so courageous and I want to applaud you for that. And I think God is smiling, looking at you, of what you're doing uh, for the community. And thank you so much once again.
0: Thank, thank you for you. calling in. What a beautiful awesome. thing. Thank you for calling. Thank Please you. call into the show again. I love that. God has a mission for
1: you. Yeah, he definitely has his hand on it, for sure. I think he's right. So some of the things I would like to address, like two things, the the trauma part of it and then what I am doing. Gilbert, um, because of... Of just your inspiration in my life and being such a father figure to me, I currently run the largest urban prevention plan against human trafficking. So I do human trafficking prevention, and I go to the different schools who have issues with getting their kids across that finish line, getting their kids right. across, you know, getting that high school diploma. And a lot of deficit is with our kids, you know, either they drop out because they have babies, you know, job mm-hmm. uh, insecurity, food insecurity, things like that, or what I personally deal with is the children of the pimps, the children of the prostitutes, the children of the sex trafficking victims who actually go to jail and then their the kids are put in the position of having to maintain the economy of the household while the parent is out doing their time for their criminal activity. And so um, the NG's is a no grade and when these kids get no grades they think you know what I'm already so far behind I'm not gonna finish and so if and then you, they
0: fall into the lifestyle
1: they, fall into the, they lifestyle. fall into the lifestyle and this is why I am big on prevention because what I can do as an individual is come into the school with my program Nieces Network Incorporated and that program is called pumped up kicks I come into the school and we find those kids who have NG's and who has been affected by the justice system meaning they've personally been infected because they dealt with juvenile justice issues or they've had a family member who's been uh, infected by the justice system themselves and i partnered with grow with google and so google has given me Google Career Certifications. Wow. And with those Google Career Certifications, because it's TEA approved and it increases their college career military readiness and it also gives uh, over 40% of accountability for the school, I can erase those NGs off those kids' um Uh, Report cards and increase their GPA because they'll go they'll go through the program which takes about three to six months And depends on how much time the school is allowing them to go through the program They go through that program. We can erase those NG's and they got up to five courses They could do it in data analytics. They could do it in project management. They could do it in user experience I mean the list goes on these five different courses and without going to college They can still get jobs into IT. Yeah, so instead of flipping burgers at McDonald's, mm-hmm. they can work in the IT department at McDonald's. Don't They don't have to take the risk of going into debt with right, going right, into right. college if they don't want to. But they can do exactly what it is they want to do by selling their bodies, which means they can make progressive income. Every kid wants progressive income. They want to make $70,000 right away without having to go through the rigmarole of right. you know post secondary education
0: well let me how many kids have gone through your program
1: right now i got 223 come students. on you
0: do not <laughs> wow
1: now, wait, these certifications are worth, they're over $30,000 a piece. So this is $6.6 6 million that I have single-handedly put back into my God, community. God, don't you feel great? It feels you amazing. Feel, I,
0: mean, I do. I, I, I feel do. amazed. I don't want to feel amazed. I feel amazing being with you <laughs> that you did this incredible thing. Yes. That's amazing. I'm excited. I think it's incredible. Uh, oh, sorry about that. My my mic is going to K-wire because I'm just like, I'm everywhere. i uh, I think that's awesome. Yes. Well, I want to go something about CPS and CPS workers right after let's talk to Michelle Michelle are you there we got to call her Michelle I always know that name because my sister is named
4: Michelle
0: (laughs) oh Michelle please call back I didn't mean to put you on hold that long there was a Michelle that called in and she was very gracious she held on so I apologize for that let's go back to this for a second yeah the workers I guess it's CPS yeah so um, it's, it's,
1: it's DFPS, it's the Department of Family Protective Services, okay. which is the mother. And then CPS is who does the actual investigation. And it's very interesting. Because, and the CPS is Child Protective Services. And Gilbert, I want you to just go through this with me. Okay. CPS is the only agency that is allowed to come to your home and question you about potential criminal activity without Miranda you.
0: No kidding.
1: Think about it. If a police officer cannot ask you questions about a potential crime or anything that happened, right? why would somebody else who, who, who doesn't have the same accountability restrictions as police officers do be able to come to your house and ask you questions about your kids?
0: It's very interesting. Right? I, I guess the answer is I don't know, but here's the thing. I guess they would say because they don't have arresting authority, is that They do not, but maybe they that would, that would still need police. But the key is anything they hear can be evidence. No. Or is admissible evidence or no? No.
1: You, you know, hearsay is, remember, That's we're governed, right. we're governed by right. code. Uh, so I, you can't do hearsay, which is very interesting to me that anybody can make a phone call on anybody to report abuse but then when you go back to those hearsay laws, then it's like, how can this be applicable in court? So you need stand, you need hardcore standard evidence. So now everybody's turning themselves into uh, 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 mandatory reporters, right? So your teachers are mandatory reporters. Your police officers are Mm -hmm. mandatory reporters. Um, If you're a pastor and you're overseer of the church, you become a mandatory reporter, things to that nature.
0: Hold that thought. Michelle, are you back?
6: Yes, I'm here, Gilbert.
0: Michelle, I am so sorry that we I had you too long, but I'm glad you're back. You're here with me, Gilbert Garcia, Tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, with Dr. Nisi Hamilton, who's really been sharing a lot of incredible stuff. What do you got for us?
6: Yes, absolutely. I heard the, I heard the woman of God, yes. I ah. thank her so much for her transparency as well as her openness. And I just wanted to kind of make a, a, a comment a little bit about... Um, The prostitution and things, you know. I kind of drive around a little bit in the area, and I see, oftentimes, beautiful women uh, that are all hanging out on side of, you know, motels, flagging down, you know, in in an attempt to, kind of sell, you know, sell them, sell their bodies and things. And I, you know, I kind of stop and I kind of give them a word, you know, from the Lord, and tell them, you know, that they don't have to live like that. You know, there's a there's a better way. And then also, you know, by me being uh, a former, um, working in the education uh, field, I worked uh, at a middle school and I saw uh, a lot of my, my students, my kids that I worked with, how their parents were in prostitution yeah. and how it affects them so mentally, emotionally. And some of them would come, you know, they would come to school class and they are, they are angry and they are bitter about, you know, the things that are going on because they have to live with their parents and again, I just want to applaud you for the work that you're mm-hmm. doing and how you are working with uh, our kids. And it it's so imperative because I know they they used to say in a lot that they are our future. No, they are not our future. They are our present right Amen. now. Amen. 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 Hold to them right now. There will be no future. So I thank you again so much uh, for what you're doing. And my name is Michelle Stearns. And if there's anything that I could possibly do to help assist you in navigating and pursuing the office that you have for our kids, please uh, feel free uh, to give me a call. I certainly would love to do everything that's within my humanly power to help you.
1: Well, Michelle, you are an angel.
0: Isn't that an angel? Oh, my God. God, What a wonderful thing. She made
1: me cry, too. I know.
0: (laughs) Michelle, that is so amazing, and and I, I just appreciate your willingness. I think it was Alejandro who earlier just talked about what can everyday people do? Well, you just heard it from Michelle. Yeah. Go out and just tell people there's a better way. There's a better there way. There
1: is a better way for sure. Um and one of the things like I mentioned some laws that I was able to pass. Um right now in the state of Texas, you cannot work at a sexually oriented business at the age 18, 19 or 20. You got to be 21 years old. Oh, that's great. And because of what happened to me during my sex trafficking experience, uh we got that passed. So wow. I'm very happy about that um congratulations and we call all those laws together the texas smart act so shout out to um my advocate and and just just leader uh jennifer Holman for you know helping me to write those bills and um you know participate in that entire process and things like that so um and to uh senator um what is her name i see her face she's amazing oh my goodness i see her face it'll come back to you Joan Huffman. Joan Huffman. Yeah. <laughs> was, she, did she,
0: was she pushing this?
1: Oh, man, she did. She, she, she was the reason why, you know, um, I was there. She was the reason. She made sure that uh, my voice was heard. I mean, um, and it was a lot of other people, uh, including Governor Greg Abbott. Um, shout out to you, uh, Governor, uh, for, for making this happen and making sure that there was a black girl behind a piece of legislation. Amen. Because we need, we black girls need. Need to feel that fierceness they need to know that hey that that we're being represented yeah. in this and, and you
0: know sex trafficking is not a democratic issue it's not it's not a republican issue it's, it's a human rights it is issue michelle is. thank you for calling in and i sure hope you call in again because you added a lot to the show today absolutely
6: thank you so much for having me
0: thank you madam we have another caller is there a mark on the line Go ahead, Mark. You got me, Gilbert Garcia, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer with Dr. Dissy Hamilton. Mark, are you there?
7: Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Y'all doing all right this morning? We're doing yes. all right. We're doing better now that you
0: called in. Tell us oh, what you okay. got. Yeah. T-
7: tell us what yeah, you got. I just wanna, I, I'm listening to the young lady, and I think that what she's doing is very positive uh, for, for what happened with these this sex trafficking. And and I'm encouraging that. uh, Is it way possible that, like in our communities, the poor communities, black communities, it doesn't really matter. We got to save these young youths, these young girls, from these situations of of what that. And then one of the callers just called. She said, "Well, she walked up to some of the young ladies, and they was look like 18 or 19 years of old uh, out there uh, prostituting." And and I just want to say this: that that that, that is a that is a crime that that is is being committed out there. And 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 I and I hate to say that, but when it comes to African-American men, we get the downfall on it because we talked about how they are out soliciting themselves and they're they grown women. But then again, the, the black male is the one who gets charged for, for the soliciting of the prostitute. It should be both issues uh, should be charged with that. But I think we need to start with the young youth, these young ladies, and these are what we really need to, to help them, to not let them lead to go down that road. And, and I hope that we can somehow get something in, in our communities to, to try to and, and, and stop this here uh, of madness. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I'm just trying to say because it, it, it hurts a lot of family, a lot of family, and, and mostly at the end of the day, a lot of African American black men will be charged with crimes that you know that well. They're out doing what they're doing, but the woman is doing the same thing too. It, 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 it's a devil's sword when, when it comes when it comes to us. So I'm just hoping that we can find some way to just stop them. From, from 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 getting to that that position in that age because once they get up to a certain age, I you know that that's that's a felony or uh, whatever you want to call it. Right. And, and, that's, that's my opinion.
0: Well, well so Mark, Mark, Mark no. thank you, thank you for calling. Stay with us, though, Mark. Go ahead.
1: Mark, I just want to put it out there that while it may appear that it's only black men that are pushing this agenda, um, if you look at the news, there are more white men no, that have no. been arrested and charged for um human trafficking um and being being a part of this network um we we Fort Bend had a, a huge operation um operation uh boo we we had a huge op- another operation in um Harris County um we we have operations that are done that are public information that we put out in the news as fast as we can when it comes out and uh yep. if you look at the men that are being arrested and charged i mean they're white no, and what, black no. But
7: yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. What I was saying, remember that little sting operation they had over there off of Hillcrow And the women were 21, 25, 30, whatever the age, were out soliciting themselves. And, and then the men were riding around. I guess the men were trying to pick up the women. The women were doing wrong, just as well as the men were right. doing wrong. And, and those men were being arrested for, for those type of, uh, type of uh, crimes. But the women were not being charged with it. So what I'm just saying is, is that if we can stop these women and get these women in our communities to stop them at an early age, they don't have to do it. Like you said, they are jobs and stuff like that we can we can get them into. Because what I'm saying, it, it, it messes up a lot of uh, 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 homes. It breaks up a lot of things like that when it comes. But at the end of the day, I think, it's, I think it was just unfair to see a man, it didn't matter if he was white or black, but the woman was doing just as wrong as what he was doing. You
1: see what I'm saying? Right, I'm right. On. And and I and I hear your heart. And you know, it is so hard to have this conversation because I know everybody has their perspective from different angles just because of the things that we see. But I just want to be clear. Human trafficking is not a white or black issue. That's it correct. is a human rights issue. It is a social impediment that is affecting uh, the world wealth system. Um, and this is the reason why Gilbert has me here. He manages, you know, money on a whole nother level. And so when you get into this type of disruptive behavior, you know, you have people who want to make money in a, you know, progressive untaxed income and, you know, the money that the man has, that income's been taxed. But once it makes it to her hands or his hands, uh, who's selling their bodies, which is illegal because you cannot... Uh, turn yourself into a slave, right? And right. you know that you you can't tax that income. You cannot turn your body into a job, um, and you don't want to turn your body parts into a job. You don't want to say, "Oh, my boobs are working for me." or, you know, anything below my belly button is working for me. You don't want your body parts to go to work for you in that manner. Um, and, and you definitely don't want the government saying, hey, well, since since your boobs are working for you or anything below your belly button is working for you, then we ought to be able to put a tax on it. That is slavery. Yeah. And this is yeah, why definitely. human trafficking is slavery. I think that's the most clearest yes. example.
0: And, and then because you have, I don't know if I could say this, with the pimp you in can. the background. Yeah. And the pimp is like she's behold or he beholden to the pimp right and and there's violence and and they can't break away you can't it takes courage mark i hope you call in again my friend and i don't mean to cut you short i have one more caller i want to get in before the end of the show but mark you're a gem this is the type of dialogue we need yeah and and, and mark you come in and saying what you're saying is a is a perspective and i just appreciate you for calling in and i hope you call in some more my friend Oh, I may have lost Mark. Well, Mark, thank you for calling thank in. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we have one more call. I want to try to get it in here before the end of the show. Did Dr. Kathy leave? Dr. Kathy left. Well, you know what? There was an old show called Carol Burnett.
1: Okay, I think I'm familiar yeah. with that.
0: And, yeah, and she would have this song at the end. I'm so glad we had this time together. And she'd say, and before you know it, it comes a time we have to say so long. One hour's over.
1: Oh, my God. You no, know, one hour's over. I didn't even get into
0: oh, all is that, of my Oh, Ca- Is that Dr. Kathy? Dr. Kathy, yes. Dr. Kathy real quick. I want to get this Kathy in. Kathy Tatum? I don't know. Dr. Kathy, you there? Dr. yeah. Dr. Kathy. She's there. Dr. Kathy, please, Ooh. please, please. Come on in, Dr. Kathy.
8: Okay, so uh, thank you for this topic, Gilbert. Um, you know that's my sister right next yeah. to you, Dr. Lucy. <laughs> okay, so I'm calling in. I'm going look, sis. I'm always going to give you your flowers. What people see on Facebook is not even the the iceberg of what us advocates that been through it, that right. fight for it. And I've been by your side even when you was doing District D right. and 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 making your nonprofit and making sure everybody gets food. People got to understand that's what they see on Facebook, but they don't see the tears. They don't see where we're sitting there and me and you looking at each other, texting each other going, okay, we got 20 women in the hotel. How are we going to move them to our right. So <laughs> I, I, I'm giving you your flowers because <laughs> people don't understand the, even when you go through stuff and you are walking in and you're trying to save other people, we have to go through this. Every time we save a victim, we're like, oh my God, we're trying to make her a survivor. Yes. But that's, that's, People think just because you rescue them, they're not a survivor yet.
6: There's all these other
8: steps we have to do. And all these people are funding all these other agencies, and people like me and you are sitting there going, we We need a place for them to go. We need for them to uh, be able to understand. And what I want to understand, like the other caller that just called in, the woman, the woman out there, there's so much other stuff that's not discussed right. Why, we don't, why she does not need to be also arrested because, that child probably might got raped over and over and over. Yes. And then she's going to be beaten up. And that yes. person uh, is threatened over and over that if she left that corner, that her whole family is going to be killed. So we don't understand that there's a whole story behind the streetwalker. There's another right. story behind that person. Bring it Even on. though she wants to be rescued, somebody has to still handle that pimp. And right. if we don't handle that pimp, he's not always somebody sitting in the car. He might be the pastor of the church. He might be right. the politician. He might be the person that bails her out. So we got to understand people like Dr. Nisi is sitting there going, I'm going to continue to tell my story. I'm going to continue to go in there and yeah. see them. I'm going to continue to give them hygiene products. And I'm going to continue to tell d- my story in a way that saves them. Go d- ahead. Dr.
0: Marcus. Kathy, you stay here because we're rolling off of radio. So <laughs> no, stay with me. Uh, so uh, stay. Tune. We'll see you next time. I'm cutting short Gilbert Andrew Garcia. We'll see you next time. We're now rolling into social media, Dr. Kathy. So we're gonna All stay right. on another five minutes here. Um, the radio I can't control. The social media I can. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, I love and, it. and so you're gonna be looking now into that camera. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to, okay. Dr. Kathy, to cut you off. Keep going, lady. You are preaching and you no, are saying it. Just, and bring it on. My I, sentiments I exactly, know. Kathy. Go real ahead. quick.
1: My sentiments exactly. And a lot. A, another thing is to, uh, Mr. Mark, I think his name was um, Kathy. You brought up a great point. A lot of times people don't understand the amount of work that HPD is doing to minimize the network of the buyers right you know trying to get all the buyers together and figure out who are the actual buyers who are the people that are going out there and developing the relationship uh, with them Um, shout out to my good friend um, and one of my mentors Joe Madison who has demand disruption and being able to get in front of that buyer before they turn and turn what they're doing into a network because trial and error is something serious Mm -hmm. gilbert i'm serious because the the root word of trial is to try Mm -hmm. and they're going to continue to try until somebody gives them the okay Yep. Right. You know what I mean? And exactly. We're not talking about the police. We're talking about these girls. You know what I mean? And a lot of those girls oftentimes are in cahoots with the law enforcement so that they can get law enforcement to know who who their regulars yep. are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I know,
0: and this lifestyle isn't the romantic, pretty woman. It's and, not. I mean, people have this romanticism no. of That's pretty it. woman and Prince Charming is just gonna take you away, and you're gonna buy all this fancy clothes on up, 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 Uptown Boulevard. No, no, no. This is the deepest, darkest bowels of society, Right. and those young women and men are threatened. They're they're beaten. They're you know, they're deprived of, of uh, basics. Uh, it's, it's awful. It is It's awful. awful.
8: It, it, it's awful and it starts off with, uh, like I, I, I rescued another young lady that just moved in her house and unfortunately the story started just like that Gilbert. She she went with him because he promised a house. He promised to take care of his yeah. kids and, and all of a sudden they did go to a house, but she was trapped.
0: And so yeah, once, it, once you're <laughs> in, you're trapped. That's a good word. You, once you're in, you're stuck.
1: Right, and, and being and trapped looks different for a lot of everybody. different people, right, because if you go through uh, the tenure of my human trafficking story, it started with labor trafficking. It started with me, you know, being sued. I was sued by the state of Texas at 15 years old for being homeless with a with a kid. I was 15. I was barely out of foster care. Holy I cow. was actually considered, uh, um, what is it, Kathy? I was uh, aged out. I was yeah, considered aged, out. aged mm-hmm. out of uh foster care at that particular time. And And
0: there you are with a child and you don't even know right. up from down, they're like, You're aged out. Go you're on your own now, kid. Right.
1: And I'm cause and I'm the mother, but I'm considered the perpetrator, even though I'm trying to protect my kid, and my kid is considered the victim because they're with me and I'm homeless. Oh
0: my goodness. Ooh. Well, that's the trap.
1: And that is the that's trap. That's the trap. I mean, well, part two to that trap is you go you go to court, you're standing before the judge, and then the judge starts treating you like the system, as mm-hmm. if you could defend yourself. So you have no attorney, you have no representation, you you don't have, you need an ad litem for yourself. Your kid gets an attorney, but you don't get an attorney. And now you're a part of the same system that you thought was put there to protect you and meant to preserve you as a citizen. Yep. They're sitting up here demoralizing and demonizing you as a mother. And you. it's like, I can't protect if I'm homeless, yeah. I need help. And
0: then you're gonna fall back into the lifestyle.
1: Well, or something or something and, or and, something. Nisi, well, and that's something. how i got into the lifestyle yes. and what you what
8: you just brought up is a zach's example of when people try to pinpoint one issue yes. on trying to solve something so even like the homelessness people are like oh let's go yeah, do homeless. homeless then yeah. then a judge and then you needed a lawyer and yeah. then you would look at you know depression and oh they yeah. might, they, they're making me feel like i'm not a good enough mother so when right. people try to piss boom one thing it's a it's a group effort and that's why we go out and we collaborate with so many nonprofits because that that judge needs to know what you went through so she don't make the same mistake or oh, we need God. new judges because they've been sitting there 20 30 years and don't want to change their mind because they really didn't get to hear how you know what people go through, and that their decision could affect somebody else.
0: Amen. That's so true. Well, Dr. T- uh, dr Kathy, I appreciate you calling and please Thank call in again. We're going to roll off here. Love you, Nisi. I bye love bye. you too, And we Sims. so appreciate you for all that you do. Uh, Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Nisi, I'm going to let you look in that camera mm-hmm. and I want you to say whatever you'd like to say for the few moments, but no matter what you say, please put in your website how do we reach you someone who wants to be part of this program a school that wants to be part of the program you know someone wants to donate I know you don't toot your horn like that (laughs) but but I want you to right now you you say whatever you want to say but please do that because people need to know there's a way they can help you to help society so please you got it
1: uh, you guys can always Google me, Nisi Nissi Hamilton. You can email me, Nisi Nissi. Hamilton at Yahoo.com. Um, my website is www.nissis, that's N I S S I S, network. INC.com com, and you can see the program build out on there, um, which we're still building out. And so, a uh, shout out to Principal Everett Hare at Worthen High School for allowing me to pilot this program with Grow with Google and uh, the Digital Workforce Academy. And we are, you know, I'm a black girl that's in tech, and this is tech against trafficking. Mm-hmm. And this is my first time doing it on this level. I'm very excited and. One of the things that made me not want to continue to be in a trafficking scenario and really just kind of empowered me is, you know, we, Gilbert, we are born looking like our mothers and our fathers, but we die looking like our decisions and our consequences. Amen. And so I wanted to respect the way I died. I wanted my children to know that it was important that they knew who their mother was because my mother didn't get that opportunity.
0: Amen. Yeah. Well, let me say this to Houston, Houston, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert. You're looking at the website of Dr. Hamilton there uh, online here as we're streaming. You know, Dr. Hamilton, you are an angel. <laughs> I mean it. Because think of the lives you're impacting. Think of the, the men, I don't know the right word, the Johns, that you're yeah. making them see the light. to, Hey, you know what? This is not a good thing. Think of the women that are there, and you're saying to them, you know what? There's a better way. Right. You know, you're know, you not being real preachy. You're just really trying to be real. Right. Real. Right. And think of all these other young kids you're helping. And, I mean, what an amazing story. I'm so glad to know you. I'm so glad you're on the show. And I hope you don't mind when I bring you back again. I'm coming back. Because an hour went like this, Houston, <laughs> and that's how you know that she brought it. She brought it. So this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert saying, we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org listen on the legendary kyok 1140 a.m. and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. kcoh 1230 a.m. the source on Send geek radio 95.1 fm 1460 a.m. and aliento radio 101.7 fm and 1540 a.m. call in at 832 832- Two five seven zero eight zero seven five and
2: follow me on social media. See you then.